Well, good evening. Uh, I appreciate all of you guys coming out uh, this evening. I hope that each and every one of you all had a wonderful afternoon and got to enjoy this nice weather. Uh, if you're joining us via live stream as well, we want to take a moment uh, to welcome you and thank you for tuning in. Uh, roughly one month ago, we were visited by Mr. Paul Earnhardt during our uh, Wednesday evening summer series titled, titled uh, How Firm a Foundation. Uh, and in his time with us, his uh, lesson was titled How Firm a Foundation Even Down to Old Age. And he spent a lot of time uh, talking about the role that older Christians play in the church um, and how they still add value to the church despite maybe sometimes feeling that uh, they may not be able to contribute as much as they once have or have done the things that they have always uh, done. And so when I was approached by Jason about, I guess, two or three weeks ago at this point uh, with being able to come up here tonight and, and, and speak to you all, uh, that thought and that, that sermon from Mr. Paul Earnhardt just came back to my mind. Uh, and it was something I chewed on for a few days. Um, and after thinking about it, I, I thought that the, uh, what I wanted to do tonight was take a look at that same how from a foundation perspective, but look at it from even from a young age. What can we as, as young Christians, there are several of us here tonight in the audience, what can we do? What role do we play in the church? And how can we begin uh, to add value to the church? Um, I've got a PowerPoint here. I'm going to get a little bit riskier tonight than I did last time. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, but one of the first ways that we as young Christians begin to grow um, and add value uh, is through our own spiritual growth. Uh, perhaps one of the best ways that we as young Christians uh, uh, can, can add value and increase our value to the work being done here at church is through becoming more spiritually mature uh, and growing spiritually. And if you would turn your Bibles with me to uh, Colossians 4 uh, and, this, and verse 2. It's be Colossians 4 and verse 2. Colossians 4 and verse 2 reads, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. I want you to focus on that first part there. Continue steadfastly in prayer. As a young Christian, perhaps one of the best ways that we can uh, begin to add value is through developing a habit of prayer. Uh, you know, prayer allows us to uh, establish a connection with God, allows us to speak directly with our Creator, and gives us an opportunity to communicate directly with Him. In verse 2, it says, continue steadfastly in prayer. That's an important uh, point right there that I want you to keep focus on, especially as we turn to Ephesians 6, verse 18. We're going to see a pattern here um, in these verses. Uh, Ephesians 6 and verse 18 reads, Praying at all times in the Spirit, uh, with all prayer and supplication, to that end to keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So we've looked at Colossians 4, 2. It says, Continue steadfastly in prayer. Ephesians 6, 18, focus on the part that says, um, Praying at all times in the Spirit. And third and finally, we have 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Verse 16 reads, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Verse 17 says, Pray without ceasing. And what we gather from those three uh, uh, verses there is that we need to make a habit of praying and talking to the Lord directly. The avenue of prayer allows us to talk to God uh, about all of our, our fears, our worries, our doubts, uh, maybe the trials and temptations that we're going through um, on, on that particular day. And we need to make sure that we're adding that um, as part of our daily habit. And of course, prayer is not something that we just talk to God whenever things are going bad and going poorly in our lives, but it's also an opportunity, as we've read in several passages there, to talk to Him when things are going well, to 
to give thanksgiving for everything that he's blessed us with and, and all the blessings he's showered upon us and, and to pray in, in admiration for him and in his creation and, and just how powerful and awesome he is. Uh, so all in all, with making prayer a habit, we should understand that it, it makes, prayer makes our life with God and our relationship with God more personal and adds, adds an extra element to it. I believe the second way that we can uh, grow spiritually and grow in our, in our faith is through studying the scripture and not just studying it but applying it. And several weeks ago, Roger gave a sermon um, uh, related to this topic in which he talked about how we are to study the Bible. Uh, studying helps us learn and understand the Word of God, understand His plan and His will uh, for us. And in that lesson that Roger gave, which I would like to reiterate, you know, when we read the Bible, we need to make sure that we're not just reading it and not comprehending anything that it's saying. And that when we go through a chapter or a book, that after we close it, we don't know what we just read, but that we're actually studying that Word taking lessons, paying attention to the way that God spoke um, about these things and taking those lessons and applying it to our lives. If you will turn with me to Psalm, the 119th chapter, uh, in verse 9. Uh, I know on the screen it says verse 9, but I'm actually going to read 9 through 16. So we're going to go a little bit longer. In Psalm, the 119th chapter, beginning verse 9, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Then later we have, uh, earlier, uh, we have Deuteronomy chapter 11. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, uh, verses 18, we'll go through verse 20 here. Uh, Deuteronomy 11, chapter, verse 18 reads, You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house, and when you are walking by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I want to focus in that passage of the first part of verse 18. It says, You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. As we read the word of God and as we study it, there are several different lessons that we take away from it. And as we, as we learn about the will of God, how he wants us to live and how he wants us to carry ourselves, it's important that we're not just reading it and understanding what he wants us to do, but applying that into our life, carrying out the will of God in our daily life. We need to make sure that as young Christians, that we, just as with prayer, we're setting time aside to, to put all distractions aside and focus on studying the Word of God and learning what it is that He has to say. We also have the ability to grow through surrounding ourselves with like-minded peers. If you will turn with me to Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter, in verse 9. It's Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter, in verse 9. It says, Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. 
you know, as a young Christian, uh, you know, we are all trying to live a life that is pleasing to God and a life that is dedicated to God. And that can be hard at times. There are several different uh, interactions and things that, that and trials that we see in our lives that, that makes that hard. And it's important for us that we establish um, a, a support system around ourselves that, that people that we are surrounding ourselves with all have that same focus in mind. They have that same goal and reward, which is being in heaven with God. We need to surround our, our, ourselves with people who are going to be there to encourage us, to lift us up, and to help us out uh, when, when we're going through those storms and trials of life. And then lastly, the book of 1 Corinthians 15, in uh, verse 33, reads, do not, be deceived by, uh, do not be deceived, bad company ruins good morals. Verse 34 continues, wake up from your drunken stupor, as is right, and do not go on sinning. For some have no knowledge of God, I say this to your shame. The simple fact of the matter is that people have an influence on people. Um, you know, people are either going to be drawing us closer to God and building us up in the faith and making us stronger Christians, or alternatively, they could be pulling us away from God and taking us away from the fold of God. We need to make sure that and focus and pay attention to who are we surrounding ourselves with? What is our support system when things are going wrong? Is it going to be people who are focused on God and building our faith, or is it people pulling us away from the Word of God? And lastly, the way that we can grow is by listening to, and not just listening to, but learning from older Christians. Uh, Job, the 12th chapter, in verse 12, uh, it reads, Wisdom is with the aged, and understanding and length of days. And we look around the audience tonight. You know, there are people from all different walks of life, all different, um, you know, backgrounds. And one of the things that we are blessed with most uh, as young Christians is to have the example of older Christians in our lives who have uh, grown up living a life dedicated to Christ. And perhaps the best way that we can grow, or one of the best ways that we can grow, is by taking time to sit down with them. It doesn't have to, it could be something as simple as lunch or coffee or going over to their house or even just talking to them after church and, and asking them, how did you become a strong Christian? What helped you grow in your faith? You've been serving the Lord faithfully for decades on decades. What helped you do that? What, what habits did you establish? And speaking to them about that will go a long way in helping us build up our faith and staying on the path just as they have stayed on the path. They have a lot of experience in the things that, that we are encountering as young Christians and they have insight into things that we will go through um, as our life progresses and learning from them can go a long way for us. And a prime example uh, of growing comes from the, uh, Timothy. Uh, in the book of uh, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, Paul is writing to him. One of the first things that we see is that Timothy, just like many of us, he was a young man. First uh, Timothy 4, verse 12 reads, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. We also see that Paul told him to make a habit of prayer. In 1 Timothy 2, the first four verses, it says, Therefore, I exhort first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is a good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We also see that he listened to and learned from older Christians in his life. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded in you also, in verse 13 later on, it says, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love 
which are in Christ Jesus. You know, in that uh, verse 5, we see that Paul tells him, you know, I saw that faith that is in you, that genuine faith that you have, it was first in your grandmother. It was also in your mother. We see that Timothy learned from them how to have a, have a, how to have a genuine faith and, and to build up his faith so he could be a strong servant of the Lord. So it's important, you know, as we come to a conclusion when thinking about growing, we need to make sure that we're establishing a prayer life, having a, a habit of prayer and praying to God, talking to him about things going on in our life, surrounding ourselves with a solid support system, listening to older Christians, and also, you know, studying the scripture and applying the things that we learn to our daily lives. And as we're growing, it's also important that we do a good job uh, developing the heart of a servant. Oh, it looks like I skipped a few. We'll just keep going. Uh, developing the heart of a servant goes a long way for us, especially as we grow and become more spiritually mature. You know, the, uh, the way that we serve as young Christians typically comes in two different settings. Uh, the first is going to be we serve within the walls of this church building, right? As young Christian men, we have the opportunity to serve in worship service, whether it be uh, leading songs, getting up here and, and preaching like I am tonight, leading uh, closing prayers, presiding at the Lord's Supper, working in the tech booth, teaching. There's so many different ways that we can serve. Young women have the ability to serve by uh, teaching Bible classes, being actively involved in worship services and engaged in worship services, um, being engaged in Bible classes and Bible studies. But we also have the ability to serve uh, on an individual basis when we're out in the world. You know, the simple fact of the matter is that we aren't spending the majority of our time within the four walls of this church building. There's a lot of time that we spend out in the community, at work, school, uh, and with that, you know, spending a lot of time outside, we have ample opportunity to serve both God and to serve others. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out, not only for his interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. I want to draw your attention and focus on verse 4. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. We live in a world where it's, um, a lot of people are very self-centered. Uh, you know, it's a I, me, my world. Everybody needs to focus on what I want first. What we see here is that, you know, they're saying don't look out for just yourself. Look out for others. Serve others. Be in the interest of others. And what's important about this, too, is in verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The simple fact of the matter that we see here is that, you know, Christ came to serve and serve others and not to be served. Uh, we also see in Galatians chapter 6 and verses 9 and 10, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. You know, serving others uh, simply doesn't just require us to do extraordinary things for someone. It can be something, uh, you know, small, such so as taking somebody out to, to lunch, preparing a meal for them. Uh, we don't have to, to go overboard. We can do small little things that, that mean a lot to people. Um, and I'd like to pause here on this particular point and just make note of, and, and Roger talked about this as well as Mr. Paul Earnhardt today, is that, you know, there will come a time when older Christians in the congregation who have been serving us and and, and doing the things of the, the Lord and working in church, there will come a time when they may not be able to do those things anymore. They may not be able to serve in the capacity in, one, in which they once did. 
and for us as young Christians, it's important for us that we're growing and we're spending time increasing our knowledge in the Word of God and, and understanding what His plans are for us so that when that time comes where there's a hole that needs to be filled, we have the, we have the ability, we have the heart of a servant, we have grown and we have gained an understanding of the Lord of God so that way we can serve the Lord and fill that, that gap that has been created. We need to make sure that we're growing and developing the heart of a servant so we can actively serve God and those that we come in contact with. And we also see that it's important for us that as young Christians, we take the opportunity to share the gospel. Um, I don't think I'm breaking any news here when I say that if you look around the world, especially in the last uh, three weeks or so, there's been a lot of chaos in the world uh, with different things going on. Um, that they're just full of pure evil, uh, and the world is just a very broken place. Um, and as a result, you know, people are are looking around saying, you know, there's got to be something better for us. There's got to be a, a different way of living life. And for us, that gives us the opportunity to share the gospel with people. Um, I know for me personally, uh, I'll be the first to admit this is something that I don't do a good job of. Uh, it's something I can definitely work on. But for young Christians, you know, it may be difficult to say, okay, well, where, where can I start? How do I, you know, introduce the word of God to people? How do I talk to people about Jesus and about God? I believe that it starts by first. We have to make sure that we're living a godly life. Um, I know I've, I've had conversations with people in the past where uh, if they've grown up in the church or maybe they've had family members, they didn't personally go to church, but they knew family members or friends that went to church. I think one of the common things that I've heard is that they feel as though Christians are hypocritical. They, they feel that through their experiences that Christians often say one thing, but then we go around and do another. We tell them to live one way and tell them to do something else. Um, and that's just not how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to live a godly life uh, dedicated to him. And I was actually, uh, whenever I was preparing this sermon, I was, I was talking to Mara uh, about this point and as well as the other points. Um, and she told me that her grandpa used to always preach that Christians should be a peculiar people. And I really like that. Uh, you know, people should be different. They should notice that uh, the way we conduct ourselves and the way we carry ourselves is different from that of the rest of the world. And we see that in, and I know it says Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, but we've got First Peter right here. So we'll go back to that first one. Uh, but First Peter 2 and verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In a world where the focus of so many young people and young, and young people in, and, uh, in the world, it's important for us to know that their goal can often be fitting in being like everybody else. They just want to go with the crowd. They don't, they don't want to stand out. And God tells us that's not how we're supposed to live our life. We're to be a different people. We're to be a peculiar or special people. We're to be different and distinct from that of the rest of the world. We also see in Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. We see in the first part, or verse 1 rather, therefore be imitators of God. The way we conduct ourselves and how we carry ourselves out in the world needs to be an imitation of God and be a reflection of God and how he would want us to live. So as we're living a godly life, that's one component of it, but we also need to be seeking and actively seeking opportunities to introduce the Bible to people. As I've said here just a moment ago, you know, the world is broken and, and just there's a lot of evil in the world right now. And when a lot of people who don't have any hope or they may not be baptized and they, don't, uh, they look around the world and they say, if this is the best there is, that's pretty sad. If, if the only thing in this life is just this, this one life I have on this earth and then that's it, 
uh, that, that's pretty sad and pretty disheartening. And when people have, you know, doubts, they don't have hope, um, and, and they look around, they see that, there's, that this world is just so broken and full of evil, that's ample opportunity for us to introduce them to the Word of God, to talk to them about, you know, the, the uh, hope that we have been given in Him, the blessings that He has showered upon us, how we uh, have a hope of an everlasting life where the trials of this world, one day there won't be, uh, you know, in heaven there won't be COVID, there won't be cancer, there won't be any of these things that we go through uh, here on this earth. And giving them that hope and introducing them to the Word of God and how, how he, he offers us something better than just this life uh, is, is, is a good way that we can, uh, you know, pierce their heart and then prick their heart. And to tie in with those, you know, so we've started by living a godly life. We're talking to people uh, and, and, and introducing them to the Word of God. When we finally get that opportunity, so we've, we've, we've been harping on somebody, we've been introducing them, talking to them, and we finally get that opportunity to sit down at lunch or over coffee or something like that, and we get to speak to them. And when we speak to them about God and His Word, of course, we need to, we need to come from a place of love um, and compassion. I think Roger and Jason do a very good job of bringing this up in that the way we address and introduce the Word of God to people needs to come from a place of love in our hearts and showing compassion to them. You know, I talked about earlier that um, a lot of people, when they talk about what turned them off from Christianity or from learning about uh, the Word of God, is they also said, you know, they may have had experience in the past where somebody told them, well, the way you're living, you're going to hell. And unless you change, you're going to go to hell. And for a lot of people, that would turn them away from God. That would shut the conversation up right there. And they would have no interest. Of course, we need to understand when we introduce the word to people that we, introduce, that we don't introduce it simply as a book about, well, if you're doing X, Y, or Z, you're going to hell. But we introduce it as the word of God that gives us hope and gives us uh, something to, to live for and, and a purpose in our lives. So that way, at the end of our lives, we have the hope of heaven. Simply using the word of God as a way of condemning people and, and condemning them to some place that we don't have any authority over is not going to convert them and more often and more likely than not it's just going to uh, end that conversation immediately and they will no longer have any interest in the Word of God and will turn them away from that. So tonight we've looked at uh, you know several ways as we can grow. As young Christians it's important for us to grow. We need to make a habit out of prayer. We need to uh, make sure that we're studying Scripture but not just studying Scripture but applying Scripture to our lives we need to make sure that we're talking to our older Christians and, and listening to them and learning from them and the experiences that they have. Um, also talked about developing the heart of a servant. It's important for us as young Christians to be involved in church and, and, to, and to contribute to the work of the church and to help the church grow. It's important to serve those that we come in contact with. It doesn't have to be, as we said, anything extravagant. It can be small little things and just developing that heart of a servant so we learn to serve others and not just focus on ourselves. We've also looked at sharing the gospel. We as young Christians, you know, there are many young Christians in, in our uh, ages and age ranges uh, who have nothing to do with, with God. In Roger's Bible class this morning, he talked about, you know, one of the gr fastest growing religions is a non-religious people. People who say that I don't really believe in anything, I don't really worship anybody. And that's alarming because there are a lot of people out there in the world who come one way or another, there will be a judgment day, and we need to make sure that we're introducing the Word of God and talking to them about this and letting them know about the plan that God has. So tonight, for young Christians, um, you know, I hope that this gave you something to, to think about. Um, in Ephesians 4 and 15, it says, but speaking the truth in love, we need to grow up in all things into Him who is the head in Christ. Make sure that we're speaking the Word of God to people in love. So maybe you're a young Christian tonight, 
you're struggling. Maybe, maybe you were baptized. You had that flame once uh, after you're baptized. You want to do all these things. Maybe over time that's just uh, kind of fizzled out. Maybe you're feeling a little stagnant. Maybe you're feeling uh, like you're not, you're not really growing anymore. You're just more so treading water. Uh, maybe you're feeling like you know, you're not really developing the heart of a servant. You're still you know, wanting people to serve you when you don't really want to to serve. And maybe you know, just like me, I'll be the first one again to raise my hand. Maybe you're, you're struggling with sharing the gospel. I'd encourage you to turn to 1 Timothy 4 and uh, verse 12. That's 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12. First Timothy 4 and verse 12, and going through verse 16, says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not, ne do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. As young Christians, we need to understand that there is so much that we can do to help grow this church and to spread the word of God. As young Christians, it is important for us to build our firm foundation now rather than later. When the storms of life come later on in life or even as we may have them now and, and even though we're young, we need to evaluate what, what is our foundation built on? Who is our foundation built on? We also need to understand that even from a young age, we can still have a great impact for God. There's so much work that we can do uh, for God and for him both in the church and in the world. So if you're a young Christian sitting here tonight, maybe you're somebody who you've thought a lot about being baptized. You've, you've been studying. You understand that that's a step that you need to take uh, to become a Christian. Or maybe you're just here tonight um, and you, you have some stuff going on in your life. You've got some, some things going on that you just need us to, to help you with, uh, to pray for you. Uh, if there's anything that we can do for you tonight, just let us know as we uh, stand and as we sing.